Blog Talk Radio. Broadcasting from Atlanta, Georgia, this is The Bright Side with Technisha. A daily broadcast on real-life issues that will keep you motivated. And now, here's your host, Technisha. Good afternoon, everyone. Today is July the 17th, 2014, and I know you have not heard from me in about three days. That's because I caught a virus on my computer. You know, Java Update had came up, and I clicked on this thing. You know, YouTube Accelerator came up, and I'm looking at ads, ads that I don't want to look at, some ads that look interesting, but they were annoying. So I had to go through Microsoft, pay for that service for them to go in, remove the virus, steal my my internet was shut down, and I, and I had to keep communicating back and forth for uh, continuous hours with Microsoft to file I call Xfinity. That still didn't help the problem. Then I had to go to Dell, who sent me out a, D, a CD to reinstall everything. So, people, this is just a lesson learned. Don't click on anything if you're not certain. Even if you think you're certain, still don't click on it. That's where it got me, and I clicked on it and I'm just glad to be back up, let's just say that. And I'm thankful for all the guests who were patient enough with me, even some who kind of wanted to rebel, but, you know, you have to just make people think sometimes. People want their cake and ice cream, eat it too, and it don't work like that in this world. Um, But anyhow, with me today on the air is a wonderful woman. You probably never heard of her, but you would know about her today when we get through with this interview. And you better go Google and Twitter and everything because this woman is interesting. Her name is Sarah Wendell, and she is the co-creator, editor, and mastermind of the popular romance blog, Trashy Books. She is also the co-author of Beyond Heaving Bosom, The Smart Bitches Guide to Romance Novels, and author of Everything I Know About Love, I Learned from Romance Novels. So we're going to give our well, warm welcome to Sarah today. Sarah, I'm glad that you're on the show with us today. How are you? I'm wonderful, and thank you for having me. Although that introduction is a lot of pressure, I feel like I need to, you know, perform magic on the air now. Right. <laughs> well, look, I, at least I didn't go all the way into your whole detail. But I'm going to let you have that, Sarah. Can you give us a little more detail about your background, how you got into writing? I don't remember a time when I wasn't writing. I remember mm-hmm. even in... Oh, goodness. When I was in middle school, I think my father went out and bought a computer with an alarming lack of research because he he bought an Apple II GS, which was kind of like the, the Edsel or the new Coke of computers. It was not all that great and didn't do very well, but he bought it because that was the one he saw. And I remember writing murder mysteries where I would use my best friend's name and make her the killer, and I could never figure out why she was upset about that. When I started the romance blog, Smart Bitches Trashy Books, I co-founded it with someone who I'd met on the Internet, which I think most people have friends that they've met on the Internet at this point. But at the time, I know my family was a little confused why I was doing this project with someone that I didn't actually know. We didn't advertise or anything like that, but we had a really good time talking about the books we read and what we liked about them and what we didn't. And... I had been writing so long on the Internet. I started my own personal site in 1997 and coded it myself. I taught myself HTML. I coded everything myself. 
And once I started writing online in various venues, I never wanted to stop, and I still don't want to stop. It's tremendously fun. But I'm sure you have a similar experience with your own radio show. You don't want to stop because it's a, real, it's a lot of fun. It is because you, you meet so many interesting people, and everyone has a story, whether it's bad or good, whether it sucks or, or not. It's just interesting just to hear everyone's detail of how they got to where they are now. So that's why I love doing my show because my main mm-hmm. thing was communication. But since I didn't get a job in news reporting just yet, um, I said I'll do this because it's still interviewing. I'm getting to know people, out, and I don't have to worry about doing murder or worry about blood <laughs> stories. <laughs> so, so, so that's I a nice take, thing. I take that venue. Right. <laughs> but, you know, not everybody is into the romance novels. Really, um, Sarah. But before we get into that, I would like to know, how did this start with Smart Bitches Trashy Books? Because when I came along online, I was like, oh, I like this. You know, smart (laughs) women who are into books. You know, you're pretty. You you geeky this song, but it's it's interesting. So that's that's why I became intrigued to get in contact with you. Well, thank you. I'm glad Google brought you to Smart Bitches. We started the site because at the time, in 2005, there were very, very few places where people were reviewing romances critically or talking about them at all. You don't see romances mentioned in formal book review publications, and there aren't that many book book review publications left now. Back then there were more. We have our own magazine, Romantic Times, which is now RT Book Reviews, and at the time, there were, it was another magazine called Affair de Cur, but there weren't that many other sites online aside from All About Romance, and I think the Romance Reader might have predated All About Romance. There weren't that many places where people were being really critical and honest about what they liked, and we wanted to talk about the, the ways we saw romances and the ways we thought about them and the books that we loved and the books that we didn't. And... You know, like like you with your radio show, if the opportunity doesn't present itself, make your own opportunity. So we started a blog and figured, hey, no one's going to read this. Let's call it Smart Bitches Trashy Books, but nobody will read that. It's a crazy name. We were very wrong about many things, and that was one of them. Mostly we wanted to talk about what we were passionate about. And that's probably the thing I love about the Internet most, that whatever you're passionate about, whatever makes you feel that much joy and excitement, you are not alone and you can find the people who like the things that you do and talk about them. Right. And and it's so awesome. I know you weren't expecting to get as many feedback that you got. But some of the feedback wasn't always so positive. Some of it, you you got back where people were saying that you were mean and you were nasty. So how did you deal with those type of comments? Well, you can't be on the Internet without encountering someone who doesn't like what you say or what you do. It's just part of being online. And if I'm talking about a book and someone's angry on behalf of the author, I can understand that. If it's a book that you love and someone else doesn't like it, that can make you feel kind of upset. But we tried as much as we can to keep the reviews only about the reviews. If I don't like the book, that doesn't mean I don't like the author. And there have been several cases where, for example, one of the reviewers who writes um, for the site, Elise, she really did not enjoy a particular book, but then read the second one and thought it was incredible. And she said it had never occurred to her not to try that author again, even though she hadn't liked that book. 
One problem, I think, especially among women, is that we're not encouraged to be critical of one another or of anything. I don't hear a lot of men being told to just say nice things and to be kind, but I hear a lot of women getting that advice in that direction. So I personally would prefer if we could all be more honest about what we like and what we don't like, especially when we're talking about products that are created for entertainment. It, it's a book. It doesn't have feelings. It's an inanimate object produced for, in, for, produced for entertainment consumption. My opinion is no more valid than anyone else's opinion about the book. So if someone gets really, really angry at me about what I've said about a book, I can understand because I get passionate about these books too. But if they want to tell me what a horrible human being I am, I also have the option to not listen. So that's what I do. Exactly. Just like you said, as far as the real world, we, we get criticism even... When I had my show, it wasn't criticism, but the comment that the person made about another guest, I was like, uh, you know, well, can't have that on this show right here. So, uh, got to delete you mm-hmm. on out. Not going to write. So, for a known reader of romance novels, what entitles a romance novel to be so successful? I'm sorry, say that again? Oh, yes, ma'am. I was asking for a known reader like yourself of romance novels, what entitles a romance novel to really be successful? What makes a romance novel successful? Mm-hmm. Wow, it's a lot of different things because the romance genre is huge. It's a huge genre right. of many different kinds of books. There are historicals that were set in the turn of the century of this century or last century or the century before that. There's medievals. There's Elizabethan. There's Regency. We have so much of the genre set in the past, and then we have contemporary romance and romantic suspense. We have erotic romance, which is very open and explorative of sexuality. We have science fiction and fantasy, um, thrillers and books that will scare the poodle out of you. We have a wide, wide variety in terms of what makes a romance. What makes a successful romance, I think, is a book that really connects with a reader. It's very hard to figure out why a book has connected with a reader because every reader is different. My understanding of the business of publishing is more limited because I don't work in publishing. I don't work for any publishing houses. But when a book has really taken off, it's because it has Mm -hmm. done something powerful and unique for a specific readership. And a lot of that, I think, rests on the strength of what's called world building. When you can create an environment for your characters that other people who read about it wish to live in for a little while and visit and interact, that creates a powerful reading experience. And world building isn't just fantasy or or science fiction or, or historical. World building is also a contemporary phenomenon, too. When a writer can create a world that readers want to be in, and tell all of their friends about how amazing it is, that can create a great deal of success. Beyond that, every book that has been successful has had something different or unique about it. So there's no one path to success. Right. I do agree with that. It's not. Mm -hmm. There's so many other ways. You just have to know how. You have to choose the right path that's good for you, basically, when you're going into that. And speaking of romance novels, too, Sarah, this, uh, what's the one, The Fifty Shades of Grey, I tell you, that book hit 
top shelf mostly. I love it. I'm on I'm on the first book. I'm going through it slowly. At first, I started off with the third book, and one girl in the nail shop told me, she said, uh-uh, you started on the wrong book because you're going to be all out of order. You need to start with the first one. I said, the first one? She was like, yeah. I said, oh, okay, I do got that one. So I'm on the first one. It's getting good to me now, you know. She like Christian. I can't wait till I get farther on into it. But I do. I love romance novels because they do make you feel like you that. Or you think about that special one that you already in a relationship with, and you be like, yeah, mm-hmm. it sounds spicy. But the thing about romance novels is they're not always about sex. Um, no. But I think it like for my mother when she had those type of novels, those were the things she kept away from me, and I was like, why? Mm-hmm. Why are you doing this? Because <laughs> a man and a woman on the cover with their with his chest all out. So, but that's yep. the misconceptions that. That's the misconception people have about romances. But, Sarah, that's my next question. What are some of the misconceptions, what are some other misconceptions people have about romances? Oh, gracious, there are so many. How long is your show? An hour? I'll try to hit yes, the highlights. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll, try to, I'll try to keep it under an hour because it's, it's a very long list. Like you said, Romances, romances are not just about sex. There are some that only have, you know, very intense hand-holding and looking at each other and no kissing at all. Romances are about courtship. They are about establishing a relationship and having that relationship reach a happy ending at the end of the story. Romance readers are also subject to the same misconception that women who read them are unintelligent, are uneducated, who need to have these fantasies so they can leave their terrible lives behind, and that's actually not true. The Romance Writers of America does a regular survey of the readership of romance. Most of us are women who are in very healthy relationships or we've been in relationships for a long time. We're not single and miserable, most of us. We are not undereducated. We live all over the world. One thing that I have found fascinating is the number of readers who contact me who love romance, who love to read romances, and who live in countries where romances are not usually translated into their language. And so they buy and read romances and learn English within the books just so they can enjoy romances. And then they email me and apologize for their English ability, and I'm like, you should never apologize for your English, considering that English is not even the fifth most common language spoken in your country, and you have taken it on because that is how much you love the genre. The passion of romance readers for what we read is often misunderstood and mocked, but... I saw somebody on Tumblr the other day talking about how people who dress in costumes and go to conferences dressed as favorite characters from books and movies are made fun of, and that is so silly. But it's totally cool to paint your whole body the color of a football team and go stand in 26 below zero weather with your shirt off to cheer on some men on a field. That's okay. But if you dress up for, like, uh, Lord of the Rings or Harry Potter, well, then that's weird. And romance readers have that same passion. They, 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 we have an annual conference through Romantic Times where a couple thousand romance readers take nearly a week off and come together to talk about the books that we love and meet authors and meet other readers. And it's so much fun because that passion is so genuine. I think the biggest misunderstanding is about the readership itself. But... The, the number of people who have now created blogs and signed online to talk about how much they love the things that they love 
has made the general environment a lot better, I think, for people who are interested in things that are normally mocked or denigrated, because we know there's other people like us who like what we like, and we'll go talk to them. Right. And that's, uh, I do, and that, and that's exactly what I'm thinking of, too. I agree with you 100% on that. I don't think no one can really disagree, especially the part mm-hmm. where you said that you do see people at these games be dressed all up and colored, and you you looking at this person who's dressed in a costume, so so how are they different from you looking like a fool? I, I really never understood that. <laughs> Whatever you're passionate about, if you want to paint your chest in colors or put on a wig and some ears and go to a conference, if that makes you happy, go on with your bad self. That's awesome. Right. And who Life is short. Go be happy. It is. I think that's why we dive into these romance novels because you – you get so much out of you get the wealth, the good-looking person, um, somebody with a scandal, and you just start turning on pages, and it just it just starts sizzling. You be like, oh yeah, I say I love it because it's, it's fun, it's sexy, and it's always it's it's apparently it always seems so steamy though. That's why I love about romance novels. They're not um, all steamy. They don't all have sex, but, but they no. all have happiness. They all have happiness, right. even if it's they do. Even if it's set in space 2,000 years into the future and everyone, you know, has a flying car or whatever, the book is about happiness and fulfillment, and those are commodities that everyone wants. Everybody wants to have happiness. That's part of why romance is so appealing. Yeah, because you'd be missing something in your life, and you figure you could get it through a book, and if that's what makes you happy, then go right ahead with it. Keep your secret to yourself, honey. You ain't got to tell nobody. (laughs) Well, it's amazing, though. There are so many readers who who will contact me and say, I had no idea there were so many of us who loved romance, and I thought I was the only one, and I felt ashamed about it, and maybe I don't need to be ashamed about it anymore. And my answer to that is always, you should never be ashamed about liking what you like. If you're not hurting anybody, have fun. Enjoy what you love. Right. It's it's all honey, it's all fun and game. There's people out there who love Barbie and go to conventions just for her. You know, I love Betty Boop. So enjoy what you like. You said, Sarah, enjoy what you enjoy. Now yep. your site is is so active, and I had to find that out myself. It's very active. You everywhere. Yes. So how how were you able to grow this um, active site and to get it to the community? I look back at what we did to start the site, and we did a number of things just by instinct, really. We didn't have a plan. We were making it up as we go. A lot of the things that I do are spur-of-the-moment ideas or responding to a, a need or a desire in the community for something that I can help connect people with. I see what the site does. I see my job, basically, as creating a community to help romance lovers find the books that they love and to help romance readers connect with one another. I want people who come to my site to find a book that they're going to enjoy and to meet people who love what they love so that they can be part of the community as well. As I said a moment ago, so many people that I have met have been the only person that they know of who talks about romance and who reads it. So to have people come to the site and find community makes makes me very, very happy. And also, one of my cats has decided that he needs to be on the show, too. But he's 17, oh. so there's no telling him. There's no telling him otherwise. If you hear him meowing, he's just yelling at me because 
he doesn't always remember why he's in the room, and he's probably hungry. <laughs> he's very oh, old. I bet you're tired of the background noise. That's okay. I love cats. I do. I oh, wish good. I I've got, got three. One. Come on over. <laughs> oh, yes. You go ahead and meow. I had dogs to bark. Yeah, they want to be on the show. That's all. That's why they do all that. So you go ahead That's and right. Meow they totally know I'm on a show right now. So to get back to what you were saying about how we grew the community, um, despite what my cat might be saying right now, mostly our goal, without really sort of identifying it outright, or we didn't have a business plan or anything like that, we wanted to talk about books and connect with people who loved what we loved. To increase the number of people that have found the site, I've learned different things over the years. Um, one of the best things that I've learned, I actually learned from an interview with Valerie Plame. She was the CIA operative who was married to a who was married to a newspaper columnist, and her um, covert operative status within the CIA was revealed by another journalist as an act of political revenge and general douchebaggery. And there were a lot of people who asked her, how is it that you would go to cocktail parties in Washington, D.C. and never give yourself away despite having this position where you couldn't tell anyone what you were doing? And she said, there's nothing more powerful or interesting than saying to someone, really? Tell me more. I always want to know more about what people think about the books that we're talking about. I like to tell people, I do a workshop about dealing with reviews and responding to them. And I, and I like to remind people that I am just one person with one opinion. And my opinion might be loud and the opinions on my site might be loud. But I am never 100% right about anything. I am, make mistakes constantly. And I am also not the final word on any book. No one person gets to say whether a book is good or bad. So I always want to ask people, what do you think? Tell me more. What's your opinion? Have you read this? What did you think? What do you like about this? And, I, and I'm always fascinated by other people's responses about the books they're passionate about. And by continuing to ask, I think that's part of what has helped grow the community. That and we're very, very silly. Very, very silly. <laughs> and there is nothing wrong with that at all. You know, it reminds me of my professor. That's how that sounds. He he was, well, I guess I could say was because I'm not taking his class anymore, but he, he was just so full of life, and you would think that he was not as educated as he was, but he he loved that type of stuff, novels, the carnivals that you see, going to a dragon con, dressing up, mm-hmm. that's him. Give him a yep. Batman shirt. He's very happy. He loved himself from Batman. <laughs> I, even have, I even bought certain books just to keep up with him. I have, um, I think it's called, um, dang, it's, it's, it's a novel. It's plot fiction, I think it's called, but it has all the different stories from comic books, everything. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why I'm so, that's why I'm more fascinated with, with comic books. I was already fascinated, but when I took his course, I was like, yeah, it doesn't have anything to do with me reporting the news, but I like your class. Ain't had nothing to do with reporting on news. Mm-mm. They just do his class. <laughs> Just through his class right on there now, but I love him. If you listen to Professor Clark, I love you, though. But you, <laughs> but you know, when you when you go to your site, Sarah, I love it because it's so full of color. It, it targets right on the women. You just see the pictures. So cute. So who actually you. created your design? You're welcome. So who created your design for you? 
Well, the first site we created ourselves. Um, the first version, we made it using a template service, and we were on a very, okay. uh, very old blogging software called Expression Engine. Um, the ladies at the top, the four women at the top in the little blocks, those are the ladies, that's what we call them. They are from a vintage advertisement for American Optical from the early 1950s. And artists who did those illustrations were never named or they didn't sign their work, so we don't have any idea who made it, who drew that illustration. But there's a museum that collects and scans vintage images, and you can get the image and the rights to use it. So that's what we did. We purchased the rights to use it and got an absolutely enormous scanned image. Like if I printed it out, it would take up like the size of a, size of a truck. It's huge. And from there, we based our designs on those color schemes. Later designs were done by Joelle at Blog Moxie, who is terrific and so talented and created, creative. She has come up with the last mm -hmm. two different designs for the site. And now we're working on a new design for next year that will incorporate some newer technologies and newer web standards. And we're working with a firm called Wax Creative for that. Okay, cool. Yeah, because it is. If nobody has not went to the site, uh, you could just Google Smart Bitches Trash Your Books. It's a wonderful site. I think it's really Thank nice. Thank you. Well, and it's hard to really get a good design on most sites. That's the hardest thing to really attract somebody to it. It um, can be very difficult. One of the nice things about working with uh, software like WordPress is that there are so many templates and options mm -hmm. for people to come up with a really simple but effective design. I mean, when we started, I I coded our site myself for a lot of the of my site, rather, the blog I had when I was younger. I coded it myself, and it was not very attractive, but I did my best. With the original site, we used a template, and since then we've had to customize the templates. What's odd is that now the templates for WordPress are so simple. You click two buttons, and boom, your site looks different, and it looks great. There's so much opportunity to create good-looking websites now. Right. It is. Now, with uh, you also have the advertisements too on your website. Um, yep. So, what level of traffic do you really feel is necessary to make ad sales feasible on a site like yours? You know, I really don't know if it's a traffic level. I think it's an interest from your audience that is the first thing okay. you need to gauge. Does your audience? Would your audience respond well to advertisements? Would would it be useful for your audience to have advertisements? One of the things that happened with us was that we had authors contact us and say, could I advertise on your site? Because you have a great community of interested romance readers, and that's not an easy thing to find sometimes. And I was like, uh, okay, sure, yeah, uh, we'll do that. But what happened was I put together a portfolio of our site and our statistics and our traffic and the way our traffic had been growing at that point, and I sent it off to an ad broker, one of those firms that will sell the ads for you and then take a percentage and then give you the code and you just drop it in and then the ads show up. And I wanted to work with them because they worked with a lot of blogs that I really admired. And they got back to me and they said, your stats are great and your traffic is growing and that's awesome, but you know, book blogs, they don't sell. And I was like, well, that can't be right. I had people asking me to advertise. So 
I found an open source ad server and I installed it. Now I run my own ad server. I am the ad broker for my site. If you want to book an advertisement, you're going to talk to me. It's my business. So I did it myself after being told that, well, they don't sell, then there's no reason for you to use our service. And I was like, I know you're not right about that. I know that you're wrong. So I started running ads, I think it was about 2007 or 2008, and that particular part of the site has increased in interest and in traffic because the people who are advertising want to reach the readership on the site. And mm -hmm. the readership also interacts with the advertisements. I do get messages from people saying, there was an ad, but it was last month, and it, the, it was a green ad, and the guy had a, had a sword, and um, it was a historical, and can you tell me what book that was? So I know that people are noticing and interacting with what's on the site, and I, I'm very appreciative of that because it, it shows that it's a, it's a good move and it maintains some interest in the community. Right. And I wish I could end up doing something like that too, um, myself, just doing different ads because they do. They be attracted to certain ones, and some of them don't be good, and you don't like the way they look. Yeah. Uh, you can't. You don't even know what they're for. You'd be like, "What is this ad for? Did I even go on the site? Why are you advertising to me?" <laughs> One of the things that I've noticed is that when you can target the ads to specifically what people are already there to look for, like we're a we're a book discussion site, so most of the ads that you see are for books. So that's that's completely logical. Those kind of ads are not – I don't think that they are intrusive. They are, they're not bothersome. They are what you're already there about. Right. They are. Mm -hmm. um, now, so, Sarah, besides just doing this, what other work do you do? Well, the website is my job now. I am very, very okay. fortunate. This is my job. I do freelance writing, and oh, I do uh, workshops and presentations. I've been to conferences in many different countries, which is really amazing. And I talk frequently about writing and social media and interaction and meet other writers and readers in other countries. But the website is my full-time job. Oh, good. I'm glad that you were able to make that um, outcome for yourself. Well, every day I sort of wake up and go, wow, this is amazing. I am so thankful. Every, every day is amazing to me that this is what I do. Right, because that's hard. That really is. That means you have to, that's why I tell people, you have to just keep striving and striving, especially mm -hmm. when you're trying to generate an income. You just have to keep going. So It's true. Right. Um, now, let's. I would love to talk about some of your books too, Sarah, before we even even get off the air or anything. Um, mm -hmm. But before we do that, we're going to take a short commercial break, and we're going to be back with Sarah on the line. We're going to get into her books because they sound like some interesting topics, and I cannot wait to get my hands on them. So everyone, <laughs> do not touch that down. <laughs> we'll be right back after this. There's only one station that will keep you happy. Blog Talk Radio. We're taking more of your calls at 347-426-3751. Stay tuned. We'll be back after this commercial break. I'm in almost every school bus and classroom. You've seen me around the neighborhood, and you tell me that I'm a pretty good kid. Well, I'm one out of every five children in America 
and I'm struggling with hunger. Please visit feedingamerica.org today and find your local food bank for ways to help. Every dollar you donate helps provide eight meals for kids like me. We are Feeding America, brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. All right, we're back on the air with Sarah Wendell. She's a a co-creator of Smart Bitches Trashy Books. Yeah, I hear you in the back. Yeah, I do. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, my cats would really like to talk to you, apparently. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Well, Kat, if you could, I would ask you, how do you feel about your lovely Sarah being such a great creator of this website? (laughs) I give you your opinion already. (laughs) They would probably say, as long as I'm feeding them, they're happy. And if I'm not, then I'm the worst person ever. Right, then you look, you know when they start getting hungry, you start hearing her, they give you that rough meow. Mm-hmm. You're like, what? what is that? Yeah. we were friends. Not until you feed them, you're not. <laughs> right. So let's get a little sneak preview into about your two books that you do have out, Sarah. Beyond mm-hmm. Even Bootsums, The Smart Bitches, Guide to Romance Novels, and Everything I Know About Love, I Learned from romance novels. Give us a little detail about those two. They are very different books, but I am enormously proud of both of them. The first one, Beyond Heaving Bosoms, came out in 2009 and was the result of a conversation we had with a romance editor at Macmillan who said, have you ever thought about writing a book about, you know, about the genre and all of the things that you that you know and think about it? And Candy and I at the time were like, uh, no, we've never thought about writing a book because we have a website and that's what we do. But she sent us, this editor sent us proposal um, samples of how to write a nonfiction proposal. So we figured, all right, there's a lot of things that we'd like to say about the genre and topics we would like to explore that are simply too big and would be too long to publish on a blog. So what if we did other things and and looked at different parts of the genre? What came out of that project was the book, and it is a very critical but loving examination of the romance genre, uh, how it's changed, the different parts of it. And then there's also a lot of very silly things in there. There's a maze, there's a coloring page, there's a choose-your-own-adventure in the background, in the back of the book where you can try to choose your own adventure through three different genres of romance, including paranormal erotica, which was very, very popular at the time that the book came out. We had a lot of fun writing it, and it was a pretty unique book. It's, it's uh, tagged as women's studies slash humor, which is not a very normal or popular shelf in the bookstore for a while some people couldn't find it because people didn't know where it would be shelved sometimes it would be in romance sometimes it would be in literary criticism sometimes it was in nonfiction. one time someone sent me a picture of it in westerns it was among the westerns because apparently that's where it was to my complete shock the book has been on the syllabus at several universities for a couple years now as college and graduate courses are being taught on romance as a genre and its influence on American culture, professors are using that book as one of their course texts. So students at DePaul and Princeton, Harvard, I believe the University of Arkansas, and a few other colleges, McDaniel College, have had that book assigned to them, which is completely amazing to me and I think very awesome. <laughs> and probably a very <laughs> unique piece of their overall book buying to get you know books right. on every other subject. And then smart bos- beyond heaving bosoms, 
Smart Bitches Guide to Romances. The second book is very different. I wrote that one, um, it came out in 2011, and it is very much a celebration of the genre and all of the things that romance readers learn and appreciate about it. Instead of being a fantasy tool for escapist pornographic um, fantasy, which many people assume romances are, which they are not, that book attempts to sort of dismantle all of the fallacies that people assume about romance novels and talk about the things that we do learn from them about heroism, about sexuality, about autonomy, and about self-actualization, and the idea that happy endings are something that you have to do, you have to take care of that on your own. They, they require work. They don't just sort of show up in the driveway and say, hi, here I am. Happy endings take work, and that's one of the, I think, one of the more valuable lessons that you can learn from reading a lot of romance. So if you, if you had to, like, categorize the two of them, the first one would be a very critical but loving examination of the genre, a look at all of the things that are very silly and very awesome about it. And the second one is like a giant birthday party with balloons and streamers and things flying out of a cake because romance is completely awesome. That's the tone of the second book. So they are very different. But as I said, I am really proud of both of them. I love And you should be. I tell you, just Thank talking you. to you makes makes me so happy. These type of things need to be talked about in, femi- in feminist courses in college. I think this, um, so do you kind of see this as an evolution of feminism? It's, it's, it's a way to, it's a comeback for women to me. I think, it, it is my opinion that romance novels are inherently feminist. And there's some debate about that online because there are some very patriarchal images and motifs that are common parts of the romance genre, and I completely see where critics are coming from. I completely understand their perspective. But the romance genre is written by women. Most romance writers are women. The stories are about women and men seeking emotional fulfillment and personal joy. They are produced mostly by women. Most editors at publishing houses who work on romance are women. And they are read by women. Most readers of romance are women. There are some men in every one of those categories, but the majority is women. And as a result, I don't see how it, how it could be anything other than feminist because it is the constant examination and exploration of female fulfillment. Now, like I said, that's my opinion, and I know there's people who disagree with me on that one. But I think that in my experience, some of the best parts of understanding how the role of women has changed socially and in, even emotionally over the past 20, 30 years are things that I have learned about through the experience of romance novels. Right. Right. They, I think it is making a great comeback um, for all of us. Like you said, even men are getting into it now. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, you know, with what you mentioned earlier with paranormal, dealing with different types of novels, um, which one would you like to actually be in if you, if you could be in one yourself? If I could be in a novel... Oh goodness! I like my own. I like my own life enough that I would just pick the life I have I right now. Right. I don't want to change anything about my life. I'm very, very happy. 
and you and you should and you should be. I think this is a woman right here we can all learn from. In order oh, to thank you. Love, in order to really love romance novels, you got to really love yourself. You you got to already because sometimes we go to them for an answer, and you're not always gonna find your answers in in the book. You have to already know for yourself. They just there to me for enjoyment. But also, Sarah, you also have had a chance to interview other great authors too. So. What did you actually learn from them that probably surprised you? Oh, I you're right. I have had a lot of opportunities to meet really amazing people. Um, every writer of romance is, is, is really interesting. Everyone comes right. to the genre in a different way, but for so many of us, and, and I don't think you can be a romance writer without having also been or being currently a romance reader. You have to understand and love the genre, I think, to really write about it. The... The thing that I find most in- amazing is that in every case, there was probably one or at least 40 different moments where someone said, why are you bothering? Why are you wasting your time? Why are you doing this? And I'm sure there's a moment where they've also said that to themselves. But in every case, they didn't listen and they kept going. That's probably the greatest lesson that I've learned from watching other writers, especially since I've started attending different conferences beginning in 2007. People who I met in 2007 who were just finishing a manuscript are now multi-book published New York Times best-selling authors. And it's amazing to see people achieve what they want and what they what they wanted to what what their goals were. It's it's so cool when that happens. I love it. The thing that I have learned most is perseverance. If someone tells you that you're wasting your time and you don't think so, well, to heck with them. Keep going. The other thing that I've learned is that everyone's definition of success is different, and that's okay. Everyone has a different perception of what having made it is or what succeeding is or what what achievement looks like for them. So that's okay. If your definition of having succeeded is different from someone else's, that's probably a good thing. Success is a very individual concept, and it's good to figure out where you are on larger scales and different rubrics, but the most important valuation of success is your own. So those are probably the two things I've learned from talking to different writers. Every writer's story is different, and they're all really interesting. Mm -hmm. Right. And you, you are so, and because I have heard it so many times, only every everybody's story is different when it comes to success. But you just, you have to just know what you're doing when you're going into that type of thing like that. But I'm, I really commend you. I mean, to even get to talk to Nora Roberts. Oh man, <laughs> that, that was amazing. She does not do a lot of interviews, and that was an amazing off. experience. Oh, that's something to cherish right there. Nobody could tell. I'm smiling right now because Nora Roberts, like, I, there's not a book that you don't see by her on the shelf. Like, oh, yep. man. She's uh, one of the most um, successful, if not the most successful author in American history, according to some publications. And she's enormously talented to continue to write as many books as she does and to have readers say, oh, I can always count on a Nora Roberts book to be good. I never go on vacation without a Nora Roberts mm-hmm. novel. That is an incredible achievement. It is. And and, and who else? Um, I like Danielle Steele, too. I I can't stand I lost all her books when I moved, but I'm going to have to end up getting all her books because I had all 
based all day and still books. And then she would have movies to come out, and I would be comparing them to the books. It's just amazing. Uh. Then you, you, and, you know, you can have these books close to you because now we got so much of this technology out now, you can just have it on your iPad. But it's nothing like I love the smell of a hard copy book. I do. I love when just turning the pages myself. I completely understand. I love ebooks yeah. because I can adjust the text size and I can make the text bigger when right. my eyes are tired. But I completely understand. When you said I lost all my books when I moved, I was just like, oh, no, that is the worst. Right. It is the worst when you lose your books. That has happened to me right. when my basement got water in it and I lost a bunch of books that I loved. I mean, it's the worst feeling no matter what format you like. It is. <laughs> and I think that's why they started doing all that for people who lose stuff that you got on your iPad. But yep. I will Wherever you go, there's 400 bucks. Right. I will eventually start getting into that part because I have a lot of them on my bookshelf that I, have, I haven't even read. I, I like to take my time because I stay busy. But I will probably one day end up doing a Kindle or something like that. But for right now, I'm going to just keep my heart back. Mm-hmm. Whatever makes you happy, yeah, man. You just do what you like. Right. Well, before we get off the air, Sarah, I would love for the audience to know how they can reach you, even get to your site. And, uh, oh, gracious. Well, I am on the Internet most of the time, and if I'm not, I get a little itchy. So you can find <laughs> me and the absolutely amazing and wonderful and generous and very wise community of readers at smartbitchestrashybooks.com. And if you happen to work at a place where they don't let you put words like bitches in your web browser, you can also find <laughs> us at trashybooks.com. That will render the site for those people who have bosses who are picky about things like that. I am right. on Twitter. On Twitter all of the time. I love Twitter. At Smart Bitches. Our Facebook page is facebook.com slash trashybooks. And we're also on Tumblr as well as Smart Bitches. But the best way, if you really want to know um, a, a book recommendation or you want to find out something about a book that you're looking for or you can remember a book but you can't remember the title or you're looking for something to read, the best thing to do is come to the website and hang out with us because most of us love to make recommendations for other people and we're doing it constantly. So if you're a romance reader and you don't have anyone to talk to, you should come online because we're all waiting for you. Well, Sarah, I tell you, it's been wonderful talking with you. I think you're an amazing woman that has done oh, so thank much. thank you. Now, I do. I wish you so much success in your future endeavors. Oh, let me ask you before you go, are there any more books coming out? Not right now. I don't have any books in, uh, in, in the works, but if there are, I will let you know. Oh, yes, because I'm following you on Twitter already. I started, when I found your site, I said, I'm going to follow her right now. Well, thank you. I really appreciate that. You are so welcome, Sarah. You have a blessed one. And your cats, too. <laughs> oh, and my cats. They, I, I, I should probably apologize for them, but there's no apologizing for cats. They just do no, what they it's want. Not. <laughs> and I said, I said they might make the show very interesting just to listen to them. I kept hearing them there. Wow. <laughs> I was like, oh, listen. They pray. Yep. You know? Yes, they well, are old and again, they don't Sarah. take any instruction. Thank you so much for having me on your show. This has been so much fun. You too, Sarah. Thank you again. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Well, everyone out there, I do appreciate you. 
I do appreciate you for tuning in and listening today. It's been a real pleasure. I feel so good to be back on the air. You just don't know how stressful sometimes that can be when you're not on the air because it's something that I love to do. I love to reach out to you. I love to hear from you. The only problem I have now is just my Facebook. I have to get I understand. <laughs> I just have to get back in where I can get to my Facebook people, but I will do that as soon as I um, scan my ID and figure out my printer and everything. That's the only way I can verify my information. But other than that, um, I do thank you for being so patient with me. I love you, audience. I want everyone to have a blessed day. Don't let anything stress you. If you feel trouble, you know what to do. You know who to call on, and his name is God. But I will see you tomorrow at noon. So stay blessed. Even all you animals out there, you stay blessed too. (laughs) Thank you for tuning in to The Bright Side with Tanisha. Come back daily from 12 p.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern. God bless.